FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 416 of the podcast that goes nicked. S words. S words. <laughs> That's not the right sound. <laughs> I'm your host, Jason, and I'm joined once again by Excalibros, Dan and Georgie, and we are going to sheath our swords on this episode. Mine already broke. <laughs> Freezing? I don't know. <laughs> How are you guys? How are the Excalibros doing today? I'm not too bad. Good. You're doing all right. Very good. We have a, a nice stack of comics to get through. Um, yeah. The last one, two, three, four, six chapters of, of X of S words, and then the two. Uh, are, are we officially in a reign of X, or is this the dawn of X holdover? I don't know. But two issues as well from this past week. Um, and we're here to catch you guys up on all of it, dear listeners. So. Um, I know Dan had uh, had graciously missed <laughs> some of our S words coverage. Dodged <laughs> uh, <laughs> a bullet, more like it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I want to apologize to both both the Scalbros and listeners. Um, we're having a bit of a contest of swords at our house today as well. My kids are in rare form, so if you hear any background noises or screamings or death yells just know that that you know someone's taking care of it <laughs> all right buddy i think your blankets are upstairs is it because you're making them read x of sorts because i don't i'd i'd, I'd cry I, if i was i he's don't a, he's a better parent than that <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yep oh, all oh. right so anyway that's the caveat any sword noises in the background are just consider it part of the melee of the event um, so we're going to start off with part 17, which is X Force number 14. And this is written by Benjamin Percy and Jerry Dugan, with art by Joshua Cassara, uh, colors by Guru Effects, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, of course, designed by Tom Mueller, and the cover is by Dustin Weaver and Edgar Delgado. And it's a pretty cool cover, I think. It's a close-up of Wolverine's space, hand held out towards the reader with the mirror Musa blade, and reflected in the red blade, I guess we say crimson blade, are some X-Men. Uh, what did y'all think of this cover? It's very much from a different uh, story arc, um, it feels. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, yeah. Really, I actually really like it. I actually quite like it. It's very like uh, um, Wolverine in Japan. Um, yeah, it does. Like... Yeah, no, I think it, it's. Uh, no, I also really like it. I think the, I don't know the 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 arm feels a little bit wonky here, uh, perspective bit. wise. Yeah, yeah, uh, but, but I can I can overlook that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can overlook that for like the sentiment of what what the cover is trying to do. And like Dan said, the cover has nothing to do with anything uh, in the book. Uh, thematically or, or otherwise, but but I like the cover. It has a sword. 
<laughs> and this event has this, sword at but one I think point. This is, <laughs> I don't know. This this is the one where they don't have any sword fighting, right? This is the one where right. it's all the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So other stuff. So uh, we have a rematch between Pog or Pog and Magic, where Magic allows herself to be swallowed because she realized intuition, I guess we'll call it that female intuition, um, that Pog or Pog is just battle armor. And inside there's a little Yoda. Um, And so she pulls out the little Yoda and punches him out. And so she wins the fight. And then then we just get a blitz of nonsense. Um, And there's like a torture round. I don't know how, I don't know if he, I don't, does getting tortured better or worse, win or lose? I'm not sure. But um, then there's a syphysis. We are being tortured right now. Um. Right? <laughs> there's, there's a syphysis <laughs> round where people push rocks up the hill. And then there's a underground sea monster round. Then there's an all-you-can-eat CC's buffet. Um, and then there's a dance-off. And then they go to MC Escher land. Then they do a jigsaw puzzle. Then there's a fashion show. And then Magic and Kid Cable read a map. It's like a Boy Scout. Y'all's milk is on the table, guys. All right. And then then Captain Avalon from Cross Gen goes to the Crooked Market. And he has a crystal rose in his hand. And Saturnine hits on him relentlessly because she's desperate for that captain um and she has some like star wars droids that back her up there's a foot race between captain avalon and red root and like the tortoise and the hare but instead of the hare stopping for like a break he gets beat up um and red root runs by but she knocks over a crystal idol and she has to pay her due, and her, her payment is to be shrunken down into the city of Candor um, into like a snow globe. And then Captain Britain is once again hit on, I'm sorry, Avalon is hit on by Saturnine relentlessly. And then we have um, a spelling contest where <laughs> I guess I guess Ileana her whole life was told that her name was not like a play on spelling, but the actual spelling of the word magic, so she has no idea how to spell. Um, and so she misspells magic because she spells it like her own name. And there's actually a kind of cool scene of um, uh, the Sword of Light, is that his name? And Wolverine staring into a mirror that shows them all the deaths they've caused and whoever flinches first. I was actually kind of glad that Wolverine flinched first. It was a big old tear. Um, <laughs> like a big milky tear that streams down his face. Um but yeah, he uh, he flinches, so he's more, I guess, in morally in tune with how how bad it is that he's killed all these people. And then Gorgon humps some rocks, and then uh, War kills a cat. There's actually a pretty good scene of Storm and Death. Uh, they have their rematch, um, kind of a classic Clash of the Titans move when they eventually. Uh, Death's like, enough's enough, and he takes off his helmet to give Storm the death stare, but she uses her sword to reflect it back, and then she she skewers him, and then, um, I think the cool part about this, so that drinking contest that Wolverine and Storm had depowered them, and of course Wolverine backed, bounced faster, so Storm did all this without her powers, which 
Which I appreciate, because I always love a good badass storm. And then death gets eaten by like a bunch of zombie vampires people, and that's the end. So this one was kind of a mess. <laughs> I did really enjoy the Casera art. I I still contend that his art looks really good when it's like actually colored normally. Um, so that's I don't know, that's about all I have. <laughs> what do you guys I, have? I'll echo the uh, the four panels of Wolverine uh, versus uh, the Sword of Light. I, I, I thought that was a nice character moment for Wolverine. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, the Pogger Pog, like that character has just been so annoying from the start. <laughs> really hope this, like, we're done with this character afterward. Um, I don't know, like, a lot of the random battles felt weird to me. I was like, like the dance contest. I'm like, Doug is the only one dancing. How did they lose? Um, the puzzle contest, the only people putting the puzzle together are Cohen's. How did they lose? Uh, the fashion oh, show yeah. Storm's the only one who's like points. really fashioning it up. How did they lose? It was just like strange. It, it was just odd to me a little bit. Um, right. I don't know. It was just th- this This event has all been about like build up, build up, build up. And then this is the payoff. And the payoff is nothing to do with swords or fighting. It's just like random bull BS for like, I don't know, to fill the chapter. That's That's how I felt. Like it was just random, random stuff because we needed to fill up one of twenty-two episodes. What did you think, Dan? Well, firstly, if you hear me eating, it's because I brought granola with me because I need need energy to talk about these books. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, playing with a reader's expectations, everyone expected the swords to be unsheathed and cutting people's limbs off. It's all, and we didn't get that. It's all well and good. If you don't play like the greatest hits of an Excalibur comic, um, <laughs> I, feel, I feel the problem here is that much like Exiles, so we'll get an issue of Exiles where like, do you remember those those places we went? And they'll have like a four page montage, a four panel montage of like the goat planet, the everything's just a shrimp planet, the everyone <laughs> looks like whole planet, um, right. and that's and because it's nonsensical, it's trying to capture the irony is. I don't know if you've listened to the creators. I accidentally did. Um, oh. They're trying. To, they're trying to capture. Clearly, trying to capture that sort of wacky, nonsensical, otherworld, um, cross-time caper, um, early Claremont Excalibur. That's clearly what they're trying to capture here. What they forget is that that era isn't as good as everyone remembers it was. <laughs> and, um, the nonsensical sense of it and the arbitrary. This is the number. This is the number. This is you know, score, score, score. And there's no stakes because everything's played for a joke. Right. And after you've, after you've built an entire story about stakes, where everyone, every X-Man and every Iraqian um, has like been straight-faced for the whole time, and Satine has all been like, yes, it's going to be the end of everything, and this will determine who wins this. And it's all very, very straight. And then to have like a whoopee cushion at the end of that, um, <laughs> that, you see, that's the thing. The punchline has to work. And for, for a lot, for some readers, it has. Some readers really liked the fact that it played with expectations. For a lot of readers, it didn't because it it feels like not only have we wasted however many chapters we just had, we've also wasted the entirety of Excalibur's run and a lot of like ideas that um, uh, Hickman had placed, like Arako, in, in, in this weird contest. Artistically, 
I really enjoy it. I think um, the market scene's really nicely nicely played out. I think um, my favorite scene is with Storm and Death. I think it's yeah. beautifully sure. It's really atmospheric, and I really do like the idea. Um, but it just it just annoys me that it's such a like individually each one could have been a chapter, and I would have preferred that. I would have preferred rather than twenty chapters picking up swords we're never going to use. I'd have had like three, cha- <laughs> three, three chapters on swords, and the rest is these games because then they will feel weird. Or like, like one book is like two of the games. Like, I would like to see how Storm loses a fashion contest. Like, I would love to see um, the orienteering and the jigsaw puzzle. Like, as a fully fleshed out idea, these are just like, oh, laugh, please laugh, please laugh. Look quickly yes, if we yes, throw it. Yes, exactly. Throw- throw them at you so quickly you'll think it's funny and if you don't think it's funny you're not clever enough you're not clever enough um because it feels like it's also criticizing us as readers if we don't get it um but it's really puerile and slapstick and it doesn't seem to work and the art's too serious for it as well so it's kind of like i don't know (laughs) i didn't hate it i just think it's a waste of time i think that's that's where i get that's where i get from Fair enough. Yeah. All, all I heard from that conversation is we need someone to do a supercut of Braveheart and Monty Python's Holy Grail. That's, <laughs> what I, that's my takeaway from that. <laughs> really serious, and then the jokes start flying. Yep. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Well, yeah, my favorite part was also Death and Storm. I thought it looked great. It felt pretty good. Um that's enough with the art for me to give this three out of six claws, but it's a pretty soft. Uh, it's, it's milky like Wolverine's tear. Three out of six claws. Um, I think it's a bit of a disappointment, um, but it's not like bad. It's just miss. It misses the mark quite a lot. So I'm, I'm going to go with a soft three as well. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I. I... I will forget about this book uh, tomorrow um, <laughs> because it was kind of a just a nothingness. And as far as stakes go, Storm kills Death, but the end of the series we're going to see that he's he's back ruling. Oh, that's right! I forgot so, all like, about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no stakes to that fight either. Uh, you know, the team had promised like Death, and everything's going to be changed. And at the end of this, we're going to have two mutants dead, quote unquote, uh, and that's it. And 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 really, nothing has happened. So like. This yeah. issue is just the epitome of build up not for, for nothing to happen. Let's not forget one mutant's noble sacrifice is then thrown away in a sentence in, I believe, X Factor. So right, <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's changed other than they've got a new comic called Sod. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's like there's a thousand, a million new mutants on as well. That's about it. So. Anyway, moving on. Yep. Are we moving on to Hellions? If we have to. Yep. So I think, Georgie, you're going to take us to Hellions number six? Yep. I'm going to take us there. <laughs> um, writer Zeb Wells, artist Carmen Carnero, colors by David Curiel, letters VCs Ariana Mayer, Design Tom Muller with the cover by Steven Segovia and Rain Barreto. Um, the cover, we've got random, I don't know, alien mutant dude standing not, over the bodies of the Hellions. Not Gore the God Killer. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Because he looks a whole lot like him. Yeah. Um, I didn't bother to learn his name because <laughs> yeah, once again we, we get like people don't understand what the design page is for. Some of them treat it like a Wikipedia page, and they just put a block of text of like, you know, I have, I have these characters I'm introducing, and rather than like introduce them in the book, I'll just z- devote a page of like a block text for you to like study and learn who these characters are. I'm mm-hmm. not going to read that for for this. Uh, so we, I, I'm just calling him Random Gray Gray Dude. Um, I thought sure. the cover was. I don't know. Uh, Boring. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've seen this before. Oh, all, all, all our heroes are dead with the villain standing on top of them. Uh, I don't know. Uninspired? What'd you think, Dan? It's just dull. Like, it's just like dishwater. <laughs> I think you need to check your dishes if that's the color yeah. your dishwater. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, Georgie, who went? What happens in here? Well, we've uh, skipped through all of the Hellions adventures. The other books are skipping stuff. We have 22 issues, but not enough to actually go into what every team is doing. So this this book as well has skipped everything the Hellions have done uh, and then decided they're going to throw quote-unquote jokes at us uh, for the rest of the book. Um, I think the art is is sorely missing the normal creative team on here. This is kind of blah. Um, and basically, the Hellions run into random mutants uh, on uh, an empty plane. Uh, they fight and are destroyed. Um, Sinister uses his mosquito robots to steal mutant DNA uh, and then escape. Uh, the, the Hellions make it back into uh, what Araco before they're dead so that they are not uh, fully uh, randomized. And then Sinister decides to kill them all, so they have no idea, they have no memory of what he's done. Uh, and then he pretends to the council that uh, uh, all of they were just, they were all destroyed, and he, he just barely made it out alive. The end. Uh, I'm not going to dignify this book with a lot of like, oh, look at these cute fun moments, because they really don't play off as cute fun moments to me. They're, it was just like random, I don't know. Death and, and blood and gore played off as as like oh oh isn't that isn't that surprising and, and fun I, I I did not like this issue um I, I boy what would you guys think I like the mosquito drones and I like their design where they like the little uh was is it the thorax the bug butts but anyway the uh the has like the the tube for the blood and mm-hmm. that's about it. Right. Like the art was very pedestrian, and I don't really get the humor anymore. Like they're really shoving Sinister down as like a pantomime rather than a. I don't know. There's a like I said before. There's a fine line between clever and witty Kieran Gillen Sinister and slapstick weird. You don't want him at a Christmas pantomime. Sinister. I feel like yeah, that's what. We're doing. So, and I didn't really understand. Like it wasn't very clear to me until late until the next ex. Um, the next, the next one, that um, they died, not in other world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was like, so. Yeah, this whole issue could have been replaced by the first couple of pages of Cable. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> so I uh, two out of six for me, uh, just because I thought so, I, I think I may like the art a little bit better than y'all, but that's about it. 
Um, and family on a one. Fair enough. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes a one's really got to... Maybe I'm feeling a little generous because uh, I'm not like... I'm not thinking I'm going to take this book out back and burn it afterwards. It's not that bad, you know? So I'll, I'll you know, go I, like I, a... I feel, I feel nothing towards it, which is a cardinal sin. I've always said that if you heal nothing... Sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel disdain towards it, so I guess I feel something. So I'll give it a, a soft two. Awesome. All right, well, that was Hellions. Uh, let's move on to part 19, which is cable number six. Ah, uh, cable number six. Yes, well, um, let me zoom in. <laughs> right, so cable number six, uh, chapter 19, uh, written by Joey Duggan, uh, artist is Phil Noto, um, Joe Sabino is the letterer, and Tom Mueller is design, and the cover is Phil Noto. Um, and it is a Star Wars cover, or one yeah. of those classic. Sure. <laughs> yes, with the guest starring Wolverine circle in the bottom. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and I I actually kind of don't mind it. It's it's, it's you know it's got it's um, fine. It, it's there. Uh, it's not his best cover, but it works. No, I mean it, it's just like standard. I mean it's excellent character drawings, but they're just kind of st- like there's nothing spectacular about like the layout of the cover. But like oh, I get to look at Phil Noto drawing a bunch of these characters. I can't really complain. Right. Yeah, I'm with you, Georgie. It's it's fine. <laughs> So, um, essentially, what we get is a um, a recap <laughs> of what happened in Mulan in, in yes. the last chapter. Yeah. And um, Duggan doesn't execute the the comedy as well either. Uh, Sinister's like sort of fashion tips. Mm. He looks great though, by the way. No, yes. Sinister's my fa- one of my favorites. Sinister. Um, but yes, there's a little like disagreement and it'll all come down on your heads if you don't do what I say sort of moment. And then uh, back in Otherworld, there's more contests. Uh, Spunky Little Cable versus uh, Doug's New Bride um, is the match to the death. Um, Cable has the upper hand but won't kill her because Doug. Um, (laughs) Even though they've only met this person and I'm pretty sure (laughs) Doug would be fine if you just lop lop her head off. um, Then so he loses and gets his arm broken. But it's uh, the death of spirit because we're not allowed to kill characters. Um, and um, yet again, Araka wins because that's all he ever do. Uh, in uh, Krakoa, uh, Daddy have a conversation which Satinine is not happy about and cuts, severs the connection, which uh, makes Cyclops go nuts. So they um, kiss Jean and decide to uh, hatch a plan. And then it's um, what's his name? White Sword, Sword of Sword of Light. Um, versus Gorgon in the most bizarre matchup ever. So Gorgon had to fight his entire army and in the most unbelievable Deus Ex Machina arbitrary narrative decision choice I've ever seen in an event, they leveled the playing field because every single person he kills is a point. Because why not? Okay, so uh, sorry to interject here. But Jason, last time we talked about how this might end and I said what's going to happen is... Uh, Araka's going to go up really, really high, and then Saturnine's going to find an arbitrary way to like level the playing field, and then we're going to uh-huh. end with a giant battle. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just You're saying, right. I, I called it. Uh, yeah. Not that it was that difficult to figure out that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, it was the most obvious thing ever. But this is like, oh, 
We're doing this? Of course we're doing this. Well, I mean, we're on Chapter 19. we got to tie everybody up for the big uh, yeah. title bout. Yeah. So, Gorgon, after slaughtering loads and Satanine saying, Oh, look! Look at all the points! Um, the flamey head, It's flamey head, dude. What? I really don't care. One of the Arakans are like, please stop this. And um, limp, you know, flaccid dude who is like any kind of gangster who lets men do all the dirty work and then fights the hero right at the end when he's about to, about to die, just stabs him. Gone and just lets him stab him. It's like, there you go, done. And then um, Apocalypse is happy. And then Apocalypse has to fight his wife uh, in the in the climax in a really horrible, horrible, horribly drawn panel at the end. It's yeah, horrible. that one was a little rough. The worst in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. we have a battle log. And if you ever wanted to know what the 25 challenges were, you can. Yeah. Um, One nice I'd, text piece for you. Yeah. I'd read them out, but I have... No, don't. Please. To do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got too much respect for you, Dan, to do that. Yeah. yeah. So, so one of my first takeaways is now spoilers on our spoilery podcast. Since we know Bay the Blood Moon is going to be on Krakoa, I want her to join the cast of this book because I love Noto's drawing of her. Um, so, all right, go ahead. <laughs> I forgot she's called Bay. I don't know. It's not Bye, called- Bay. Whatever you want to call. It. There's yeah, a lot of argument Bay, about yeah. that on Twitter. Um, but um, I must admit, when it was first shown, I thought it was the man marrying Doug, and I got my hopes up, but clearly not. Um, that's not allowed. Um, I. Love the art, apart from the last panel, but it's not a triumph. Like it's framed as like a triumphant moment for Kokoa, and like this honorable sacrifice that Gorgon has made. But it's like he gets beaten up, and then the dude's like stab done, and then Apocalypse like, oh look how noble he is, essentially in a sentence, and everyone else is blankly staring, which is exactly how I felt. Um, so I don't know. I don't think it's a very good issue at all. Really? See, I'm the opposite. I think this is my favorite issue of the event. Ugh. <laughs> so I'll I'll be your Ian today, Dan. Well, I'll just say something that completely flabbergasts you. Um, <laughs> I love, except for the last page. I, there's something just odd going on on the last page. They're very squat. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I love the art. Um, even though Georgie called it, I actually enjoyed. The Gorgon fight, I, I actually like audibly said finally um, on the page with Gene and Scott, um, like finally we're gonna do something. Like, like this whole series has been like we built up the sword fight, then we kind of played in, you know, we we call it kind of the the play on the expectations or whatever. But basically, Saturnine giving the X Men the middle finger and saying I'm gonna change the rules, change the rules, change the rules, and finally. In chapter 19, our heroes are like, okay, we're going to give you the finger back and break the rules also. Because I don't count the little Hellions thing. Um, <laughs> and so, I don't know. And I enjoyed the fight between Bay and Cable. I just, to me, had Noto and Dugan just, well, I take that back because there's been a lot of really good art. But I go back to something George and I talked about a couple episodes ago is if Dugan was helming this event, I would be loving it, I think. But since he's just kind of doing here and there, I'm just kind of accepting his bright spots. But I, I like this issue quite a bit. I, I think it's really hard to complain about the artwork in this issue. 
Uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. Um, I think it's there, there's some character moments here, and not necessarily Duggan's fault. Like Doug falling for Bay, they can't understand each other for for reasons that haven't been explained. Like he can't understand what she says, although everyone right. else can. Um, and now they're they're suddenly in love for I don't know reasons. Has it been shown why? Uh, it just feels very unearned. Um, because. It's just, it's just because it was just it was just <laughs> odd that, that that like that's what the crux of what this fight is 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 like built on that felt odd um i i didn't feel like the gorgon fight was so i don't know uh, i don't know how would you describe it in pointless uh flabbergasting um weird sacrifice i thought it was like all right this is gorgon doing what he wants to do i don't know honorable swordsman like putting up a brave front uh it wasn't like, oh my god, this is this is the turning point. But it just felt like, you know, fair play. Um, it was fine. I, I, it, I, maybe the best of what we read today for me. I, I we'll, we'll get to the the next couple of books and maybe I'll change my mind. But um, you know, the Phil Odo, Phil Noto will will take you halfway there, and Duggan uh, does what he can. Um. Yeah. All uh, right, Dan. What do you want to grade K one number six? Uh, it's not horrible because of Noto's artwork, but it's very for me. It was very lackluster. Some three, three out of six. All right. I think Georgie, you're gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna say you're gonna go four. Yeah, I'm gonna go four out of six. Okay, and I'm gonna go five. So there you go. Makes sense. All right. Um, I forgot who's doing X Men. I know it's not me. <laughs> but, uh, um, I got it. X-Men okay, X Men number fifteen. Can six. this book get back on track? That's the question. Oh, yeah. Well, I just said that the cable book was my favorite, but no, this is going to be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot this was this was included in here. Yeah. Um, writer Jonathan Hickman, artist uh, Mahmoud Azarar, colors by Sunny Go, letters VCs Clayton Cowles, design Tom Muller, with cover by Lionel Francis Yu and Sunny Go. And on the cover, we have um, a blade with uh, the reflection of the Annihilation Mask and uh, blood dripping down it. Uh, I thought this cover was kind of crap. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> loose. I think the idea of it is cool, and I like I like the mask. I think the, the sword reflection and the color of the blood detracts from what the cover is trying to actually tell you. Uh, worst yep. part of the issue for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so we start on Kokoa, and Cyclops is looking over all that he surveys as a uh, <laughs> master. And uh, Jean sort of sexily walks out of the, the foliage. Um, I don't like and, that panel. I really don't like that panel. <laughs> it's, it's not needed. But, um, it's, one, it's one quibble, a quibble in a, a good book. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I we we all don't like this costume choice. Right. But aside from that, I got I don't really have any big issues with that. Well, but Cyclops and Jean are like, all right, we're gonna go do what X Men do and save our son. Um, and they go to have a, a talk with the council. And apparently, uh, online the council does too much talking. Uh, I guess one word bubble per panel is too much for people. Uh, although they will read full pages of text and not complain. I don't understand that. 
of people had issues with this book. Uh, we cut back to Otherworld, where uh, Apocalypse and Genesis uh, begin to fight. Uh, Apocalypse asks her to take off the Annihilation Mask so it'll you know be more personal and you won't have to look into that awful thing. Uh, and they start to fight, and then uh, Cyclops and Jean try to convince the Council that they should put a strike team together and uh, move in. And there's a lot of sort of uh, character dynamics back and forth, some push, political pushing and pushing. Uh, Nightcrawler has a great line like, hey, I'll join you guys. I, I don't know why you didn't have me in this event full of swords. <laughs> it's kind of a weird choice. Uh, uh, I agree. We had Nightcrawler do it. And who was the other one? We had uh, Silver Samurai who was like, why am I not in this event? Right. Uh, back, was that Wolverine, like, I don't know, eight or something? Something like that, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we kind of echoed that sentiment. Um, Eventually, they're like, well, uh, the council says, if you want to go, you're no longer part of the council. And Gene and um, Cyclops are like, fine, we're going to do what we got to do. And uh, Xavier's like, I can't can't condone it because I got to look after a nation. But sort of like winkingly, he and uh, Magneto are very proud of what Cyclops is doing. I thought that was a really nice moment. There's just yeah. a lot of great character interactions back and forth here, uh, and it feels this feels like the book is firmly in the hands of Hickman, uh, where right. other books you're like, I'm not really certain who's in charge. <laughs> this feels like Hickman has been back in control, uh, and I, I really appreciate that. Uh, we go back to the fight, and Apocalypse is kind of losing um, uh, until uh, he's not because comics <laughs> and he stabs his <laughs> wife through the stomach. She's about to die uh, until she puts on the annihilation mask. And uh, she says, nothing is settled and uh, we're going to get into to Excalibur, but I'm not certain if Hickman was supposed to do more at the end of this or, if, or if um, Howard was supposed to do more at the beginning of Excalibur, but there's a big jump between this panel and where Excalibur starts. Yes. Like a massive time jump, it would seem. <laughs> like things really did happen in between. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a part twenty point one somewhere. But that is Did I lose you guys? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. It got not just quiet, but like silent. Like I lost the connection. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, but, you know, taking this issue on its own, I, Georgie, I'm with you. I think uh, probably the the best of the group. Uh, Cable and this one were neck and neck for me. And I, that Azra's art was pretty fantastic. Uh, I love the way he plays with Sinister's face throughout. And there's one where he looks like an evil clown almost, and then he just looks like a stoic Jesus like a couple of pages later. Like, he really... Only plays with the facial expressions. I thought. No, sorry, I, I, I dropped out. My internet dropped out. How far did oh, you? Oh, that was you. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, I think once you finished the synopsis, you were gone. So if you said did, anything, did I talk about Excalibur at all? Did you hear yes. the Excalibur stuff? Yeah, how how there's too okay. big of a gap. Yeah, I just I just felt like this 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 book was back to the uh, the greatness it it had exhibited in its first couple of issues. Mm-hmm. Hickman is on point. Um, Azrar knocked it out of the park. Just some, this this was the bright spot to me in uh, like the last third of an event that was just a, a bunch of, of nonsense. What did you guys think? Yeah, I think I kind of said the same thing. 
<laughs> well, when you were uh, basically the, the you know this and cable were my two favorite chapters um it kind of felt like you know if if the scene in cable made me say finally this one fleshed all that out what the action of it is but to me like scott and gene standing up to the council and saying you know what guys y'all can y'all can tell us no you can strip our titles you can take our seats whatever you want to do um we're the X-Men. We're going to go do X-Men stuff. So, screw you. <laughs> there's there's a page where Genesis and Apocalypse are fighting, and it's sort of narrated by Scott. And I, I thought I thought those uh, that line was uh, spectacular. It's like, I've, I've heard everything you said, tasted it in my mouth, and I find it unacceptable. So I do not accept it. Like, it was so well written. Yeah. Uh, like, the economy of words, and then to really bring out, like, the feeling... Like the the heart of of Cyclops was just just and it was overlaid over a great scene. I just thought that was really nice. Yeah. How about you, Dan? Are you gonna rain on my parade? No. <laughs> um, the only thing, the irony is, this scene could have been in any any normal issue of X Men, and sure. I still buy it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because it doesn't because it is um, quite divorced. Not narratively, but it feels quite divorced to the rest of the event anyway, like the book itself. Um, I think uh, artistically, uh, Go and um, Azra are just, just make it look beautiful. I love how um, the, the use of uh, black around to frame most of the fight um, mm-hmm. was a really interesting way to, to sort of mirror her sword. And um, I think. It, Although not super dynamic, I, I did get the sense of like the the blows were hitting much harder than they have done in other things we've seen. And to be honest, it's nice to hear these characters again, um, <laughs> and 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 see them fight for what they believe in. And right, it, it like there's a sincerity in Hickman's uh, Cyclops which hasn't been there for you know hasn't been in his ideas since i know you're gonna say it but since bendis um mm-hmm. yeah i feel like it's really nice for him to stand up to the council and be like no no we are heroes and for gene to stop and like the little things like gene saying nightcrawler stay you're the heart of, if you leave this council's fucked, basically right like, right <laughs> it's all to go to. and like he because like um and uh, this feels more like he going this is what I actually want to tell. This, this is this, this, this the, 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 the consequences of what happens here. This decision is is more important to the future of the X Men than the event and the people telling you all that the event matters. Right. Because um, it feels like it has stakes. It feels like it's important. It feels like a a, a pivot and and the starting of a new chapter from right. after because there's such a unity uh, between them all, and now the unity is fracturing because having former villains and former heroes coming together was always going to be a problem. I actually read the, um, you know, the text afterwards and the idea that they've come to, which is the X-Men must the the concept must perish for Kukoa to be secure was actually fantastic. And that is unbelievably more interesting to me than anything (laughs) that comes, um, comes later. Cause it's just, it just, this issue feels like, yes, there's an event going on, but I'm setting up my next storyline. Right. Uh, and I really, really like it. I really do. But because it disconnects so much, it make, it gives me such a disconnect from what we've just previously read and what's about to be read. I feel like it kind of exists in its own bubble. 
which kind of like diminishes not its craft but diminishes its place within the rest of the 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 event like it i don't know i'm not saying that they should all be in line with each other and be equally shit but i'm saying saying that as an if you read them all together this one will always stand out as like an anomaly (laughs) if you know what i mean there's like a i know that's true and they're just fighting in the background i don't know but i loved it i absolutely love it um like yeah. I just was in love with this issue. Six out of six, boom, done, dusted. Yeah, there you go. me too. Best book of the event, in my opinion. Awesome. Well, that's that's all three of us then. Six out of six. Okay. Uh, I wish the whole event was like this. Man, yeah, I tell you what. Send this back to press. Dugan and Hickman, with all the ver- most of the artists involved, it's, it's fine. Keep Laraz, do Azrar, do No No. That's all fine, and um, and you, you get a cool event. <laughs> all right well excalibur number 15 is the penultimate chapter and we're going to pick right up when we left off with uh, genesis putting on the annihilation mask uh written by tindy howard art by mcmuda azar and stefano caselli colors by sandy go and rochelle rosenberg letters by vcs clayton cowles designed by tom Mueller. cover by Lino francis Yu and sunny go and on this one, we have what looks like a mosaic with all our characters and someone holding front and center one of Apocalypse. I honestly thought this was Azrar until I just read the credit. Oh, and it, it's signed by Azrar. What the hell, comic? Yeah, yeah, it's Azrar. I don't know. Yeah, it's totally Azrar. I thought it was, and I read the credits. I was like, oh, that's weird. No, yeah, totally McMean Azrar. Give the guy his credit, guys. Come on. It's where you screw up of a comic book. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, so anyway, that we'll see what I think about it, right? Um, so, so we go into the Starlight Citadel, and basically Fish Lady is digging through the trash of the shards of, of Captain Britain. And then meanwhile, because she put on the helmet, like Apocalypse got like shot back by some kind of energy, like a mile away from his wife. And her armies came, the waves of annihilation. Now everyone is fighting. But then Apocalypse and the next page is right in front of Genesis again, or she jumps down, I don't know. Um and they're gonna fight some more. But Storm fries her with lightning. Uh Apocalypse almost kills Doug. Um our bad guys say, Hey, let's fight together. But then Bay is like which is uh, Blood Moon for No, I Love My Husband, and she runs off, and then it starts raining, I guess? And so the uh, the Starlight Priestess make an umbrella out of their shields, because Saturnine's like the Wicked Godmother or whatever, and then she tells Shogo, don't talk back, and then uh, we get a snicked as our heroes continue to fight uh, the demonic hordes. Um, Apocalypse is going to kill Blood Moon, but when Doug steps in and says, no, she'll be on our team. Let's go. But then instead of fighting on their team, she black bolts the X-Men and runs off with Doug. Uh, meanwhile, Saturnine has a glass of wine and she tries to put the puzzle piece of Captain Britain back together. Um, more funny fight. A Krakoan battle cry. Of, I actually looked it up, but I forgot. It's something like, fear, fear not, never surrender. But I think I got Storm's one wrong. But never surrenders what Apocalypse says. Oh my goodness! It's... And then arrows come out of the rain, and it's Jubilee and the Green Priestesses. I'm sorry, the Priestesses of the Green. Um, 
And then jumped out and Jubilee wants to save Shogo, of course, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then... Uh, this whole page, I couldn't understand what Jubilee was trying to say and what the priestesses were trying to say. I feel like they were contradicting each other. Like, either I am an idiot for not being able to read no, this. No, I this couldn't This is super either. confusing. Okay. Yeah, I, I just kind of chalked it up to who cares. Uh, Jubilee's going to fight the X-Men. Uh, the priestesses are going to go to the Citadel. Uh, Doug and Bay talk that she will be accepted as his wife, so she decides, okay, I will fight. And then, uh, um, I can never, I like her, but I can't remember her, I can never say her name right. Iska. Iska, the unbeaten, changes sides, which she has done before. And so the bad guy's like, oh, we're screwed. And then, um, somehow Saturnine brings back the Captain Britain Corps, but instead of it being Brian, which I'm kind of confused because she was making this shape with the shards, and it didn't look like a big, bulky Brian. It looked like a swim. Right. Um, but anyway, she's like, gasp, it's not Brian. And we get like a swan and a frog and a purple gorilla, which actually I thought was kind of cool because it's like Psylocke's hair, or sorry, Bessie's hair, but as fur. Um, and then Jason, she gets. We all know you don't know what the puzzle looks like. You, don't, you never know what the puzzle looks like until you have the last piece in there. Otherwise, it could be anything, right? Well, except for the fact that when she's built, all right, when she's building the legs, and she's like, Shogo, oh, no, don't, no. don't burn I'm the glass yet. She's here. It's, it's yeah. Psylocke. Or, sorry, Captain, it's, it's Betsy. <laughs> yes. yeah, no, it's, it's super obvious. Like, it, right. after a third of this, she's like, oh, this has got to be Betsy. Had, she had too much wine, I guess. She was drinking too much wine. Um, anyway, the Captain Britain Corps are reborn, but she is PO'd about it because it's not what she thought. Now, I will say this. I enjoyed the art. I thought the colors were a little dark in places, like muddy. Um, and I thought, okay, so I thought the plot actually moved forward in a decent way, but again, I just, I hate to bag on individual creators. I'm just finding very little of Howard's writing for me to ever grab onto in anything she does. And it's just, it, it just feels... Like what should have been a very straight line from what was like the true penultimate chapter of X-Men 15 to the conclusion and destruction takes a bunch of weird zigzags and loop-de-loops that don't really make sense. And you just kind of have to squeeze it in between and say, I know how we got there, regardless of what this comic tells me. And that's not that's not good storytelling. Hmm. <laughs> Are you, is this gonna be the one you disagree on? I, you know, I don't. I didn't. Oh no! Oh okay. no! 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Dan, if Dan, if Dan came out and said this is amazing, uh, I, I don't know. We'd have to rethink our. Dan's like, we're, we're, uh, we're pulling this back on Excalibur. We're, we're back on Excalibur. <laughs> so, right. I, so when you get when when you give a child a lot of toys that they really want, it gets super excited and it doesn't know what to play with. So like Christmas, like my nephew, if you if you buy him too much, he'll open them all and be like, "I'm so excited!" And then he'll pick one up, throw it down, pick one up, throw it down, and by the end of the day, he's just worn out. Yeah, right. Um, that's this book. <laughs> so like, how would maybe because. She's the architect of the entire event. Maybe she didn't have. She was more bothered about other chapters than this one. But this, this does feel very much like um, I've got so many toys to play with. Let's just 
Let's cut the head off this Barbie, stick it to this action man, cut his arms off, put robot arms oh, on gosh. instead. You You're actually I mean? describing Jason Aaron's Avengers, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Howard is determined to make other worlds matter in any way, shape, or form to pay off her entire other world story arc, and it's going to carry on after this forever and ever and ever and ever until until they, she gets bored of it. I understand that now. I've read this issue. I get it. She's never going to let go. Um, but she's also not very compelling. She's a compelling character study. She's not a compelling fight writer. Um, her work on, is it Metalhead? With um, Wiccan and Hulkling and such forth. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. That was really well written. The characters like, came alive. It was really fun. Her what? work on that... Is it is it metal Death's Head? Metal Head? Oh Death's Head. Like a, oh, I didn't yeah. know they were so Wiccan and Hulkling are in that book? Yeah, yeah. And it was oh. a really interesting like sort of young event because like Kate joins as well. It's like a young Avengers uh, reunion. Yeah, and it was actually that's quite... on uh, Marvel and Women did yet. I didn't even um, read those when you gave them to us. Yeah, that's gotta be up right now. <laughs> gotta be up there. So, yeah, it was it was quite fun. And then she did um is it Strike Force? Which wasn't really uh, it was a yeah. it was a it was a bit of a mess. Um <laughs> And yeah, the Excalibur, Thanos book was not great either, I didn't think. No, it wasn't. And Excalibur had moments, but then became more nonsensical. And I feel what happened has happened in this issue is that she's giving us plot points really fast when they should have been stretched out. For her, much like Hickman, who just like was like this ending of this story, I'm just going to set up my old my my nuts and nut, other stuff. She's basically. She's basically doing the same. She's basically just going, right, okay, I have to end it, but I also want to set up, like, the Captain Burnkoffs. We're going to focus that after. I'm going to set up this and that. And it takes away from any kind of, like, the whole... Clearly, the Doug and Bay thing was her idea because it's really played so much that it may... It doesn't even... I don't know. There's, there's not, nothing to it. It, it. it doesn't justify its existence. Her switching sides after a cute moment doesn't really work. The characters say like, um, like you've just watched uh, a a rip off of a rip off of a rip off of Gladiator, so like everyone's like saying like, forever stand your guard, blah blah blah. We're like you know, I mean, we're a cheap version of Game of Thrones. Um, and I feel the problem is that even the art doesn't work. It, it the the color coloring color work goes far too dark. Yeah, it's um, too dark. And it, and when they do switch to the other art, um, it sort of like makes the the Betsy panels not really work either. Um, and there's just something missing completely from from this issue. And and I feel like Howard hasn't, unlike the next issue, which may or may be better, may or may not be better. Um, Howard hasn't like sort of merged the the concept of making breadcrumbs for the next story arc of her ideas, and also finishing off on a better foot so it's just a mess and everyone's just doing really cliched things and i don't know it just it's just not good it's just not good at all so there's um there, there's a boy there's a a comedy uh joint in la called the comedy store and the, the way they they described it at least a long time ago was like a working comedy comedy shop where a lot of new upcoming com- comedians would go up on stage and like learn their craft uh, at the same time that you would have a lot of like well-known comedians up there. 
And unfortunately, the only way you can learn your craft in, co- in comedy is to go up in front of a, an audience and, and like tank and bomb. <laughs> right. like you, you learn, all right, I wrote this thing, it works or it doesn't work, or how do I change it? Like, even if you're a pro, you, let's say you're Dave Chappelle and you write some material, the only way you know like 100% if it works or not is to go in front of people and say it. And then you, you understand what's working and not working. And I feel that's what Howard is doing here on, on a right. very large stage. She's sort of still honing her craft, and we're we're seeing her like quote unquote bomb in 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 many different ways, uh, which is kind of unfo- unfortunate. I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like uh, with comics, comic books. Obviously, you've got to write something and then see how it, people react to it. Uh, in, in the same way as comedy, but maybe on she should be working still on a, a, a smaller stage, if that makes sense. She still needs to hone hone her her skills until she's ready to carry a full a full huge event, especially a twenty two issue event. Right. Uh, but this just felt to me like a comedian who's still trying to figure out what they're doing and falling on their face a lot. But but to counter that, we three may not like her work, but a lot of people do. Do they though? Because uh, I feel, I feel like this I, her other work, work yes, but I feel like this book most of the places I go people are confused by it. <laughs> so I, there may be a strong contingency of people that love it. I just it hasn't run across my desk. Maybe we just I don't know. I've seen people who like it, so but I know yeah. a lot of people don't like this event anymore. Like a lot of people really didn't like it by the end. Um, yeah. I Maybe think a lot of people right. soured on the event at the end. I think there's a uh, there's a segment of people who are really like kiss assy in terms of creators who are gonna like fawn after all these people at least while they're writing the books and maybe forget about them afterward. And they're a very vocal section of people. I don't feel like naming names because I don't want to drag you into anything, Jason. <laughs> but uh, they're very loud about how much they love the event and Howard's amazing and how much Hickman is, um, is ruining the event, they've, they've oh sort gosh. of been saying. Yeah. My so um, the, there is a section of, of people who are just nutso. That doesn't make uh, any sense to me at all. Um, like, I but can't there are a few sites that, that have been very positive on her books, too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Well, let's get to the last chapter. Um, Did we I, this raise was this messy, one? but it was okay. Did we I'm, yeah, I'm going to give it a soft three. And I'm not going to be generous. But I, I like the I, art a little more than you guys did, especially the Caselli pages. I like the art, but I don't know. I keep. I hate the. I think um, it's a collaborative process, and I think the writing in this one kind of drags it because it's so middle of the road <laughs> when it comes to fight that like a fight book and Saturnine is basically doing sweet FA the whole time. I know she's yeah. done that for the entirety of this event, but it just feels like she's like I drink in, talking to my dragon, doing a jigsaw puzzle that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> so like I I don't know, maybe that's supposed to be like a joke. But anyway, it's two. It's a two. I can't give it any higher. <laughs> I think that's fair. Y'all can probably easily talk me down, but I already took notes, so I'm just reading my notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a low two on this because this was it just felt uh, off on every level, uh, storytelling wise. The artwork, uh, I'm not as high on the Caselli pages as as you are, Jason, uh, but uh, I can't really complain that much about the art. It was just 
just glad that that Dan and I won't have to read this book. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. Well, destruction. Who's taking us home? Is that you, Georgie? Me. Oh, you, Dan. Me. Okay. D for destruction and Dan. So there we go. There you go. Um, so destruction. Uh, written by Hickman and Howard. Um, art by Pepper Lewis. Uh, color colors by Marty uh, Gracia, Lara um, Clayton Cowles, or VC's Clayton Cowles, sorry, and signed by Tom Mueller. Uh, Laraz and Gracia do the cover, which is a fight cover. But it's Everyone's good though. It's, it's a it good fight cover. It looks nice. I like how they've used a character that's dead. Um, <laughs> uh, I like I like spoilers. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> But, um, right, so we start with uh, Otherworld, the Starlight Citadel Hotel itself. Um, as usual, uh, Saturnine's doing nothing, just pulling, just using cards, and um, she summons her giant host of Captain Britons. One is a dragon, I've just noticed. Hey, guys, did you like the cover? Sorry, I'm having crazy Wi-Fi issues today. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, it's a fight we, cover, but it's a good fight cover is where we landed. There we go. Do you agree, Georgie? Uh, Sorry, it's kind of breaking up. Uh, Uh I I thought it was was really nice. Okay, yeah, cool. Same page. (laughs) Right. So, as I was saying, uh, Saturnine has summoned her core. Uh, We have, like, Wolf Captain Burn. We have a Dinosaur Captain Burn. There's everyone. There's everyone is there. Um... Very nice picture, to be fair. Um, yeah. And, and Ryan model, Donald, this page recurs. Go ahead. Um, Captain, Captain, uh, sorry, Captain Avalon, or Brian, I'll just call him Brian, it makes it easier. There you go. Uh, uses a slur to his teammates to, because um, he just says, look up, mutant. And knowing, <laughs> knowing, knowing, knowing Brian, it's probably said in a really nasty way, because he's a nasty pasty sometimes. Um, and the X Men carry on fighting. Uh, people are getting the upper hand. The some of the uh, Captain Burn Corps are doing well. Others are getting decapitated. Um, basically, uh, Annihilation's upset and asks War to summon the Host, uh, who summons more demons and monsters. And yeah, well, and they keep on fighting, and it's just it's just one. Big fight until Cable decides to um, Cable, who's not in the fight, decides to contact um, Mummy and Daddy and Magic to help them try and do a certain thing, which is summon the Sword Headquarters, which is probably the, the sort of the only payoff that makes sense because we saw that many many moons ago. So the Sword Spire sits above above the Starlight Citadel and the X Men, including is is Gwenpool an X Men? Um, cause she's yeah, she's on Krakoa. Uh, at the end of her miniseries, she went there. I she's think. a mutant. Yes. No. Um, yes. I don't know. And it's nice to hear. It's nice to see um, Jean do the Timmy, my my X Men. And there's this massive thing about we may not survive this. Let's go. And it's right. a really lovely sentiment and uh, picture. Yeah. And the X Men and it's the same as the Captain Britain panel. The, yeah. The core. Yeah. So like the same like. Kind of people flying upside down towards the reader. But it looks nice. And and we do a um, fight for the Phoenix. I mean, um, sort of 
it just feels very much like fighting the super guardians the the what you call them the imperial guard the shia imperial guard oh yeah uh, yeah because yeah. like there's like an image there's like an echoing of panels from from that that event and um Apocalypse carries on fighting and fighting and fighting until um, Annihilation gets her summoners to summon a giant Lovecraftian worm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then um, Jean, like, Satinine's like, oh, look, you're a fool. And he's like, oh, I'm such an idiot, says Cable. And then, <laughs> then he asks Daddy and Mummy and um, adopted sister, because he's always talking to magic, to um, go back into the spire and they oh, that thing we all thought was pointless, the gateway to the evil creatures, the deus ex monsters, um, they all just pour out and start just trashing um, the Arakan army, Annihilation's army, and Apocalypse gets the upper hand, rips the helmet off, and everyone's like, oh, no, because everyone goes red when he rips the helmet off, because that's what happens when you rip a helmet off. And then he puts the helmet on, and instead of submitting to the helmet, he submits Saturnine. Also, is this the point where um, what's the name? Ishka? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Ishka. I, I, uh, Ishka. I, I got ahead yeah. of myself. I, I forgot it was in this issue and not the other one. But yes. so, like, um, I, ha- I have a question. Is that Pyro and is he dead? I don't know who it is, question. but they look well, dead. It's, it's Pyro. <laughs> it's definitely it is? Pyro. But, yeah. Um, but what, I don't was think she fighting dead. Pyro earlier? I mean, why do we think it's Pyro? Uh, because he's got the um the uh the Thanks. like the tanks behind him and there, the the giant panel where they're all coming oh. out of the he is there as well so he's definitely okay. in this fight. Gotcha. Okay. I don't even think uh, I even saw the tanks. My goodness. So, okay. So what we don't know is mutants may have died, and we might find out in the other books. Who knows? So um, apocalypse slash annihilation surrenders Sassanine, which is basically means that she rides a dragon and just ends it. As easy as that, she ends it. Um, she turns the mask into a annoyed spear because it's kind of pissed off. Gives it, <laughs> gives it to um, Genesis, and um, everyone's like, "Yay, we're done!" And then there's a big old deal, like, "Okay, a prisoner exchange of sorts." So Apocalypse goes with um, his uh, beloved in a sort of payoff to that storyline, and Apocalypse is like, um, butts out. Scott and goes no, we want Araku, the, the 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 island. We want it back and all the mutants on it. And um, suddenly he's like, oh, you dog, you you caught you caught you tricked me. I don't know. She doesn't really care. Let's be fair. <laughs> no, everyone, she... everyone is fine. Um, everyone's fine. Uh, we get loads of texts about swords, which we've already had. Yeah, I skipped Captain it. Skip, just skipped right over that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the Captain Britain thing that says that Betsy's still missing because, you know, Saturnine's a horribly jealous woman and um, also a horrible woman in general to mm-hmm. poor Betsy. Um, she walks around a palace talking about stuff, uh, saying that Aww. the future isn't the, the future isn't certain. You have uh, Jubilee and Shogo together. You have um, the Sword Spire goes back to normal place. Storm gives uh, Wakanda their sword back. The Quiet Council's fractured. Um, you have something happening at some other place. And um, yeah, and then it's a lot of other world stuff, and that Death now lives in a place that's undying, and now it's got like brainwashed. Kind of, everyone loves her, and all she can think about is kissing Brian, and that's been the point of the entire <laughs> uh, 
Sorry that I lost. Sorry I lost it there at the end because I was just looking at it and going, "This is nonsense." There's no reason for the pages after the text pages to exist. (laughs) The whole event has been. Saturnine used to have uh, an every verse full of Captain Britain like him boys that she could bed what like once and then throw away, and she's missing her harem. So like the whole event was just her to get her harem back. But she's upset that it's a female harem, I guess, that's come back to her. It's uh, just, just embrace it, Saturnine. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Though, uh, what's his uh, name from X Factor will will pretend to not watch you. That was weird, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> um I thought the book was beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Art, colors, everything. The panel layout, the pacing of the action, like visually a treat. I thought the story was fine until the very end. Um, I thought most of the fighting like was actually pretty I mean, for a fight issue was pretty good. Like, you know, it had some good moments of triumph and stuff like that that are here. It's really a even the part with Apocalypse, like, submitting with the helmet. I was like, okay, that's cool. It's really until the trade. I was like, oh. And then the and then the last pages at the end where I'm like, no, okay, I don't really care. But I thought most of the issue was pretty decent. What do you guys think? Um, Georgie? Uh, I was just looking at the pages, and I just wanted to bring up, I love that Cable broke his arm. But he's being carried around on a stretcher, like forlorn, head to the side, like all is lost. Uh, I, I thought it was, it was just really it's, silly. It's concussion protocols. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, broke, like cable is supposed to be, be badass, but this cable's like, oh, I broke my arm. I guess I'm gonna sit out everything and just like cry yeah. in the corner. So I, I mean, Grant, if you listen to this episode, which I, I think according to Twitter. This is the only uh, tennis words you're digesting as us, which I'm sorry, but uh, or maybe I'm not. Maybe I, maybe you're you're winning that deal. I don't know. But I'm really interested in your take, Grant. Maybe you and I can talk in the chat. But um, I almost feel like Young Cable is too different. <laughs> like, right. Because they said, yeah, it would be better if we had old Cable here, and I think that's a fair assessment. Realizing he's not quite as rugged, bitter, or cold, or whatever, maybe he needs that, but, like, when he hesitates so bad on Bay, and then here he's just, like, kind of whimpering in a lot of places, it's, it's almost, like, too much the other way, because this is the same kid that, like, assassinated himself, and did all that stuff in that one series we forgot about. Um, assassinated himself, like, destroyed a whole, like, planet of, like, sentient androids a couple issues ago. Right. It's, it's right. a very, it's a, it's a big jump. Uh, yeah. The issue as a whole, uh, I gotta say, like, super gorgeous. I thought the color work was spectacular. If we're gonna have a giant fight scene, we should have these these people drawing it, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was, it was just like, uh, the whole event's just been Saturday and waiting for it her to be able to be like, all right, we're done. But I don't know. It just felt like a lot of waiting for for nothing. Uh, no, 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 nothing is paid off. Uh, all right, the, the islands are connected again. I guess that's something that Maybe. paid off. But we don't actually see that, do we? I mean, Apocalypse says that. But do we get any? 
I mean, accounting. They don't show right. it visually, but they okay. just say it's approved. Right. Uh, the commissioner has approved the trade. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's just like, all right, uh, Senning could have ended it at any time, but she decided to like play a game because, I don't know, she's a bitch. It, it was just, uh, if this event this event ended the same way, uh, it 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 happened. It's just like a lot of nonsense until Sadie's like, "All right, I'm done with this," and the writer's done with this. Right. It's it's very arbitrary. Damn. To your cable point. So to count your cable point, your spirit is broken. Do you not remember? That's why he's laid down. He's depressed. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He broke his arm, and then right, right. He decided the world was over. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I'll allow him. He's, he's only like 16 or something. It's fine. <laughs> we just said he, in his issues, he was like killing people and like destroying <laughs> civilizations. And... He's never had his arm broken before, has he? <laughs> no, he only um, had to live through a techno virus as a child. Like he never right. had to suffer oh, anything. Wait, which arm did they break? Anyway, I don't know. His right want, arm, I think. I'm not going to go into all that. <laughs> well, um, so. Gorgeous, all the way through. Color work yeah. is the best. I can't really um, say anything more than you guys. I think the panel of Apocalypse with the hum on, where he's holding it, is one of the most beautiful things. Yes, it's um, like a yeah. poster. Yeah, I, I love the fact that um, in the X Men panel they included Dupe uh, as one of the yes. people that have joined yeah. the fight. Um, I, I like. I think there is a there is a there is a tendency for this issue to be like um, very Lord of the Rings. In, in 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 like the 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 I don't know if that's intentional, but it's uh, it's got to be right. Like this whole event was borrowing from Tolkien or an attempt to borrow from Tolkien. Yeah, because the whole the whole was it the the, the first the, the people the Captain Bruin Corps like the 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 first people that turn up to Gondor, and then the X Men are like the other people that turn up to save them. The mask is like the ring, the One Ring. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, it's very Tolkien, and um, that's cool. But like, the Captain Britain call are all like, they've come back, and now half of them are decapitated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, in like less than a couple of panels, and there is no stakes here. There is, there's never been any stakes in this event. Um, the only stakes they ever put forward for our ca- main cast characters is that the resurrection protocols are with, um, but they never pay that off. Uh, no one really dies apart from Paul Rock. Outside, rest in peace. Um, God knows uh, what happens in the movie. There's certain moments where the, the the dialogue is great, but it's very it's very very much plays to that sort of let's have a speech before we leave to fight um, concept quite a few right. times. And mm-hmm. um, I think some I think Apocalypse stands out as probably the the, the most interestingly written character here. I think his uh, whole talk with his wife while he's trying to murder her. Um, oh, the mask, sorry. It's quite interesting. I think him putting the mask on, his physical presence looks fantastic. Uh, yeah. What he decides, that him kneeling to the Starlight Citadel is, is breathtakingly beautiful. Um, it's definitely like it should be put on my wall. Um, it's such a beautiful imagery. Um, <laughs> Saturnine is essentially like a wicked goddess, like uh, from like an old Greek fable. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't um, seem to give a crap about what's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do dislike about this event, and it does it a lot, is that it throws in um, the tired old cliche of 
something magical stops it all. Let's move on to the next thing. And I think that um, what the massive misstep, which uh, Jason mentioned, which is um, we watch Apocalypse Go with his family, that should have been the end. Because then it would have at least thematically tied it into everything else. Right. But no, we have and, to have like this. And follow. all the other stuff can happen in the issues that follow, right? In the individual yeah. books. Um, yeah. It, the things tying off are so obtuse. I don't know about you, but a lot of it's so obtuse and so riddle within a riddle that it doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, like, it doesn't make me want to go, oh, so what storyline, which book's going to carry on that storyline? Because I don't feel like there's any storylines. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so like uh, really weirdly like hidden behind a cloud of smoke, and and I'm not bothered about like when it goes oh the council is broken we knew that in issue 15 of X Men we knew oh, the council, <laughs> the council like we don't we don't yet yet again because it it reminds me of um oh god what is it called um so right Secret Invasion has a really good ending because it's like a they pull the mask off and Norman Osborn's like, look, I have an evil cabal. And everyone's like, whoa. And then it starts, starts as a story. And then Marvel had this horrible tendency to post-credit everything. Um, and this is what happens. This is, this is, the, this is the equivalent of um, the, you, 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 you wait to the end and you just get, um, I don't know, uh, the meeting shawarma or whatever. Right. It, doesn't, it's not, right. it doesn't make me want to read more. But it looks astonishing, and if yeah. I was judging on the art, judging on the art, it would get full marks. And as a, like you said, yeah. as, a, as a fight issue, it works. It works well. It it isn't terrible, but like the dialogue really does. <laughs> there's not much dialogue, but it does kind of like suck you out of the moment. Um, I always love seeing Jean say to me, "My X Men." So you know that's the bonus. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if we we're gonna rate it. It's hard because I want to give it a high mark for the art, but um, I don't know about the story. That's all. I, I'm going to give it five out of six because I love the art, and I feel like it was a good enough popcorn comic. I'll, I'll, I'll give it four out of six. Uh, the artwork was spectacular. The story, I don't know. It was it was the the payoff, the the nothing payoff to the nothing event. Like I can't. Can't judge it on it's not like this was the culmination of everything, and it just felt like oh, and then snap your fingers and it's over. Uh, it was just uh, not that I was hoping or, or even expecting anything nice, but it was such a letdown of of any sort of conclusion to an event. There, there was there was no conclusion, so I just felt it just felt so empty. It was the biggest empty calorie I've had today. It, um, <laughs> Yeah, the artwork was great, but everything else was just kind of. Nah, I'm I'm glad it's over. Um, uh, I'm gonna give it a five for the art. I feel like there's got a lot of problems. The 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 the, the coda, the, the the epilogue, the Hickman does Hickman does Hickman does Hickman Inception epilogue that we get is uh, <laughs> is too much, and I feel yeah. like you can see when Hickman's writing. A little no, that's not fair. It's not super obvious, but it tries to be like it. It, it he tries to have like the, the same sort of emotional pathos with the Cyclops bit, like he did in X Men Fifteen, and that doesn't it doesn't pay off as well. And in, in fact, he switches it to, to to Jean. No, no problem that it is Jean. It's just that because in those issues, it was Cyclops spearheading the whole thing, and then it feels like it's just like oh well. And then you don't really see the X Men fight anyway. It's just like a few panels of winning. 
Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just feels it feels weirdly obvious. Um, but I love the art so much. Like generally, I would just pull panels and just throw them yeah. all over my wall. Yeah, yeah. So yes. yeah. Easy for the art. I'm just going to ignore the writing. So. so, so something surprising happened to me between my heart and my math. <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking about this event overall. I was like, okay, it's you know good art. Some issues were good storytelling. Some weren't. Most of the art was good. I think the whole thing's probably like a three out of six, like as an event. Um, but when I actually average out my scores across the 22 issues, it came out to a very solid, like, 3.85, like, was my average. So, I just, I don't know, I just thought that was interesting, that, that I rated what I kind of feel about the event as a whole, and then looking at the individual pieces, I like the pieces more than I like the event. Uh, so anyway, just any final thoughts before we jump to the last two issues of the week? I think and we spoke about this in our chat. The the artwork uh, has been the only thing really consistent throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably why you're getting the, the high three, low four marks right there. And, and we spoke about it the last couple of times we recorded, like, we had, we had that Phil Noto issue. Like, the, the artwork was spectacular. The story was fine, uh, but the artwork was amazing. We had the, the Marauders issues before. We had, uh, you know, Azra has been doing a bunch of these uh, issues. It, the artwork has just been, it, it, it's been so, uh, the dichotomy of, of, like, great art compared to, like, pedestrian, uh, <laughs> uninspired storytelling is, I think, why you're getting that those, like, high, high three marks. Uh, there's a number of times even today we're like, well, the artwork's so good, I'll give it a four out of six instead right. of just three. You know, right. we're, yeah. we're just the three of us really appreciate the artwork so much we we forgive the the poor storytelling. I think. <laughs> Fair enough. Any any closing thoughts, Dan, on the the overall twenty two chapter event we just got through? Uh, um. Mm, good time. Uh, it should never have happened. <laughs> sure. My my biggest my biggest problem with it with it is it, we never got Krakoa for more than a year before this happened. Exactly. Right, exactly. Right. And um, it wasn't good enough to justify its own existence. Apart from I now have a a, a, a vault full of great art if I wanted to. Um, right. So, no. Yeah. The the biggest problem has been. Hickman set up all this, these concepts, and we never really got to flush them out before Stabby Stabby, well, what was supposed to be Stabby Stabby fight event, but it was just a bunch of nonsense event. Uh, it's, it's, it's like a waste of potential. Yep. All right, so two questions. Not enough, too many, or just right amount of swords. Uh, all at that once. depends on. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all at once. It, has t- it begins with too many swords, then it has not enough swords, then at the end it has just the right amount of swords. <laughs> I love that yeah. answer. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then not enough, too many, or just the right amount of words to start with, with an S. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely <laughs> lacking in the S words. Yeah, sure. yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, although, but... although at the end we got we got like an army of summoners. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe and I think they even said summoners summon what you summon. I think that was actually a line yeah, of dialogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it as well. <laughs> Sorry. Summoners, summon what you summon. <laughs> there you go. E-man. All That's right. E-man. E-man dialogue, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, real quick, I don't want to spend a lot of time, but we did have Hellions number five. I'm sorry, Hellions number seven and X Factor number five. Um, Hellions was by back to the normal team of Wells, Segovia, Curiel, and Pettit. Um, woohoo! On, yeah, woo-hoo. on the cover we have Sinister crying in a graveyard with R.I.P. Hellions, and of course it's raining because it always rains. Um, and then our Hellion team in watercolor in the back. That's an okay cover. Um, so I haven't really gotten into the humor of this book. But this issue, it kind of worked for me. Um, but basically, they have a mission. They got to go save Nanny's ship from Cameron Hodge in the right um, so they can rebuild Orphan Maker's armor so he doesn't destroy the universe. I don't get that either. But I'm like... Yeah. So, anyway, that's that issue. Um, thought the art was good. Uh, Georgie, back to your, your original guy. Um I think, I think to me, I really like the way he draws Psylocke slash Quanon, um, and I enjoy his Sinister. Uh, I still, I think the thing that bugs me the most about this book is just their treatment of Alex. I just don't like it. But um, yeah, no, I agree. They treat Alex like crap. Even in this book, he's like, "Hey, why am I still on the team?" And White Queen's like, "I can't tell you. Don't think about it. Just get back on with the loser team." <laughs> Right. It's like, is that supposed to be plot? Is that supposed to be character? <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. It was just a waste of a page. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy Sinister more in this issue than I have previously enjoyed Wells' Sinister. So I uh, thought the humor landed a little better. But. All right. Well, well, his, th- humor, his humor really relies on a lot of like random chance things happening and making you laugh. <laughs> like, if you right. thought Clive was like an, an ingenious way of naming a computer that that lands with you but in terms of like joke writing there's not a lot of writing here it's it's just like he's throwing a lot of like weird stuff at the board and i think sometimes more of it hits than doesn't hit that makes <laughs> right. sense? yeah that's fair so um i have an issue isn't gene not on the council yep 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 but that's already been a mistake um and also oh. um I found that um, the, the the text about the Iraqi resurrections is far more interesting than the book itself. Like the concept, <laughs> that, the concept that um, na- I like the fact that Nanny Nanny Maker looks is it Nanny? Off oh, making Nanny, yeah, Nanny looks cool now. Weirdly, as an egg person could, and um, yeah, with her nineties redesign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, egg stream. Oh dear. Uh, oh wow. How do you like um, your eggs, Dan? Extreme. And I like the idea that they're um, focused and more themselves. Um, I dislike what they're doing to, to, to Havoc. I actually don't understand why he's now punished. Um, I like the interplay with the with the actual Hellions. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And I do like the fact they've gone for a mission. Um, yeah. And the art is really, Yeah, and the art is really nice. Like, generally, um, I like the colour work. I like 
Yeah, the way Sinister John. The ironically, the only thing I'm not keen on is Sinister. I think he spoils it for me a little bit. I feel like if he's just giving out missions like Charlie's Angels or Sinister's Angels in this case, <laughs> probably, I, I'd probably I'd probably be more um, okay with his with the with the way he's written. Much like George said, it's like slinging stuff at a wall and hoping it all sticks there. And I feel like for me, it doesn't stick at all, and it's just like smears instead of actual like solid ideas. Um, so yeah. But I do. I didn't mind it. I'd actually give it like a, a three out of six. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm gonna go lower. I'm more critical about the the, the humor here. I I, uh, I don't understand what he's, he's trying to do with that. And remember, like the first issue of this, it was like uh, Havoc was like possessed by something. Remember, he went like crazy on a mission, and they didn't figure out why. Right. Um, and and so instead of like them actually fixing that, they've just decided to throw him away and continue to do that. I don't know if they're ever going to pay that off, but it it feels like they've I just don't. forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, X Factor is getting back to our first story. It's uh, Lee Williams or Leah. I'm not sure if it's Lee or Leah. I don't know. Um, art by David Baldion. Uh, colors by Israel Silva. Letters by VC Joe Carmania, designed by Tom Mueller, of course, and cover by Yvonne Chavrin, and it's our North Star in Aurora. Uh, the background is more interesting than the character work. Yes. Yep. So this is a really heavy issue dealing with all the ins and outs of whether we're going to resurrect people. Oh, no way. No, it's not. Um, they talk about uh, Rock Slide a little bit. Uh, they talk about, they finally resurrect that girl who I forgot about from Mojo World, uh, Wind Dancer, whatever her name is. Um, I'll dare you. <laughs> every, yeah. every Academy X fan's going to be crying and rocking in the grave now. <laughs> you know, I, I'll go back to that eventually. I didn't really read it when it came out. Um, Ooh. and then, um, I actually enjoyed the page with Emma and Danny a little bit. Um, Emma's hard exterior, but her soft heart. And then I guess Dawkins and Aurora sleep together, maybe? Then there's pages in the middle I actually couldn't follow. Um, and then yeah. there's a cool visual of like the northern lights, haha. And then Siren dies. But how can she die? How can she fall? She flies. Never mind that maybe someone like made her voice quit working or she got hoarse. Maybe she got. You know, a cold and was in mid-flight and just crashed. I don't know. But anyway, it's a big mystery question mark. Um, color work is fine. Not Baldion's best. I'm a fan of his. Not his best work. I don't think. Um, I thought the writing was just messy. Just I continue mess. to beat the drum that the artwork here is not a good pairing. Uh, Baldion's. Pencils might be fine. The color inking might be fine here, but they don't they don't work well together. I, I still think it's a it's a poor match. Uh, it's it's really muddied up a lot of, of what he does. He's given more, some more crisp uh, outlines. Uh, it will work a lot better. I agree. This is kind of messy. Um, I don't. I I didn't actually like the Emma page because it was like no subtlety to it. It was like how how many dialogue boxes can I fit in here to like overtly <laughs> explain the idea instead of like hint at what two characters might be doing like are right. we going to have a 10 minute conversation in three panels or could we do this in more you know 
artistic way. And I, I feel like it was, uh, let me th- throw all the words at it as I can. Yeah. I thought the text piece, the email was better than the issue. <laughs> oh, I saw that email and I thought, hell no, I'm not reading your random email. <laughs> so, um, I'm probably um, much softer on this book than you guys, clearly. I was um, originally, but I've kind of run out of patience on it. But yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't. I think the artwork, um, I think the color work, um, I don't think they go together, I agree. But I do still think there's a character to it that the other books don't necessarily dip into. Sure. Um, and I think it does work when it's when Williams leans a little bit more into the quirky. What is really good is actually the panel layouts, like the layout and the way, like uh, near the end where it's little vignettes. Oh, yeah. of everything. Up and down like, the, the actual tower, layout, I thought that was great. Yeah, like the actual like tetrising down the tower and the the other pages with the like. Totally. I don't often like some artists make me go, oh, panel layouts like. Uh, um, uh, Batwoman, for example, when it was uh, William oh, the first, JG, yeah, yeah. Um, and like I really like the panel layouts, but I don't think the art overall is really strong. I think Williams dips in and out of sincerity here. Like I really like Polaris talking, like just looking after Rockslide. Um, I thought that um, I thought like um, the the scenes between Dakin and uh, uh, um, Aurora weren't too bad, and I feel like it was quite sweet that the brother and the twins got together to hold their hands for the first time in a long time. Right, and, that was nice. But it does trade off continuity nostalgia because it is filled with Academy X kids, which everyone keeps asking about anyway. And then on top of that, it like trades off the, these plot points that we don't really remember, like Rachel can see who time. Oh, and by by the way, there was a moment where the, the twins couldn't touch each other, but now it's fine. And it trades off like history, which works to a point, but sometimes feels exploitative as well. Um, I liked, uh, Pro- I think Prodigy is the strongest voice out of the entire cast, even though he doesn't get much to say here. Um, but I think it is actually, it's well intentioned. It's well intentioned, perhaps not best executed. Does that makes sense. It's a very sincere issue, but it doesn't right. yeah. land all of that sincerity. True. No, I agree. Uh, what's going on in Polaris's head? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Why? Well, maybe I forgot about something, but I was hoping y'all would remember. I mean, like the the floating the... like fragments or whatever. Oh, I thought that was just her using her magnetic stuff. Oh no, it's all the, the whole time. all the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> She's got a, a a lightning crown. I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I thought it was hilarious. Rachel like got blown out of the the mind thing. She's like, "Hey guys, you got to see what I can do!" And she she shows I, everyone she just did. Like, we're gonna waste two pages <laughs> on this. I did this? like the comparison of that to like a film reel running out. I thought that was actually a nice writing touch. Well, it makes sense. Yeah, but do we need to like show it twice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, well, I, I was on my skateboard. I made the jump. Let me show you. And, and like. <laughs> Really? That's funny. Oh, dear. I think, well, so, Georgie, we'll, we'll go low first, and we'll let Dan end on a high note. So I was I was two out of six. What were you? Uh, yeah, I'm also two out of six. Right? I know you're going to beat us, Dan. How much? How much are you going to beat us uh, by? Unfortunately, it's just free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, well, that was Ten of Swords Plus. 
So, um, guys, thank you all so much. Um, I know this was a challenging event to get through at times uh, for y'all, but I really appreciate y'all hanging in there with me and talking about all 22-plus chapters of this, if you include prologues and all that fun stuff. So, Remember, just, Dan should only get half of the credit that I get because he missed <laughs> half the episode. So. Thanks very much. That's true. I'll, that's fine. <laughs> I'll fall on my sword. Oh. oh. Yeah. I can't so. have any more sword pins after this. So. Oh, no. Dan, you're going to have to spend a couple issues finding that sword first. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think I've about run out of... Yeah leaving these boys alone. Um, so real fast, why don't you guys talk about where people can find the Excaliburus. Hey, guys, can we quit yelling and just play? And then stop pushing, please. I feel like he's talking to me. <laughs> oh, oh, we so should have a new find- episode out shortly. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode's out, ours will be out. I'm having some editing issues, but we have a new episode yeah. out. Uh, Dan, where can they find us? You can find us at the same place you can find us, Nickcast, at podbean.com forward slash Excalibros. You can find us on Twitter at Excalibros1. You can type us into Google. You can come up in the search, and we are on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere else you can find like good podcasting. Uh, Very cool. And uh, for the podcast that goes Snit, of course, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snitcast. And uh, you'll hear from all of us again very soon with the new Excalibros issue. And then also, um, we'll have an, a new, new Excalibros episode where we finish up our coverage of, um, uh, sorry, you. the yelling is distracting me. Executioner of Song, yes, with Grant from the Cable Guide. So, very excited about that. And. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this off. So, guys, thank you so much. Um, and listeners, you all you all take care. Until next time, hugs and snacks. Bye bye. Bye. All right, Jason, and, go 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 yes. your apocalypse. Yeah, later, yes. man. And snacks. All right, bye y'all. Bye. <laughs>